Gonna try it again. <laughs> All right, you guys. I hope it works. Um, I rebooted. I moved the internet thing. <laughs> I moved it down here since I'm down here filming. Okay, looks better. It doesn't look grainy. Get my dance on. Okay, good. I, it looks a lot better. Okay. Y'all know I'm a perfectionist, honey. I don't like stuff to be low quality, grainy, washed out. My melanin is back. Yay for the melanin. See, when I go pale like that and I look like a white woman, it's YouTube. But, you know, slow bitches be like, she bleached her skin. And then the next day I be brown. Like, really? So the melanin's back. I think we're going to have a good stream. Think we can finish where we left off, okay? Uh, let's see here. TJ sent $10, said, I just started watching the previous stream. I'm glad I caught the live. That fentanyl is no joke. A young girl from my neighborhood just died from it. She was only 17. Yes, let's talk about it. Um, welcome back to everybody. Come on in. We got 2,000 people in here. I had to reboot and redo the stream. So y'all come on, come on back. Y'all didn't miss anything. <laughs> Jordy says a white woman, LOL. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. So I just, before I left, I was playing y'all what Irv Gotti says. I'm going to play it again now that I have it up here. So let's go ahead. Let me share my screen. I'm going to play you guys because a lot of people are really mad at Irv Gotti for talking about DMX, uh, saying that his, uh, you know, he had an overdose. He's saying that it was crack mixed with fentanyl and then uh, issues brought on by C-19. So let me play that again for y'all who missed it. So go ahead and check out what Irv Gotti had to say real quick here. Give me just a second. Before I knew that was, it was, it was coming. Because the family was like he was brain dead. When he went into his, when they hooked him up to the ventilator, because he had COVID too. So the COVID. Well, that was, is true. We, they, they, they say he didn't have COVID. So he really didn't he have had, COVID. They said, they said he, it was a bad dose of crack, and they said uh, some drug, fentanyl, was mixed in with the crack, and that's what made him overdose. And then when he got to the hospital, he got diagnosed with COVID, and he couldn't breathe. You know, that COVID messes with your, yes. your, your respiratory system. So that's why he had to get hooked up to the ventilator. They said before he did, it was like his brain died. Okay, y'all, let me come back on the screen. Uh, okay, looks like everything is going good. Y'all can see me. Yes, I'm back. Come on back, peoples. Come on back. So a lot of folks are mad at Irv Gotti, right? Irv Gotti has always been a chatty patty. He's one of those old school men that's been in the game forever. You get him some liquor, get him some weed. He gonna spill all the damn industry tea, right? Now, I get people being upset and saying he's talking too much. That wasn't his place. It was the family's place. But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay, for months on this channel, if you're a real tea sipper, I have been doing streams, Zoom meetings, interviews. Uh, me and BL Sherelle, we did a whole podcast where we let people know that this fentanyl thing is no joke. You know, I had always assumed people were popping fentanyl pills or stealing, you know, the the because usually it goes in through your IV because I've had to be on fentanyl when I've been in the hospital. So usually it's an IV medication. 
I had no idea they was bringing in fentanyl from China and other countries and breaking it up and putting it in the weed, putting it in the e-pills. So even though, yes, he was being messy, you know, telling his business, I think people need to understand how serious this is. See, when I say it, when two black women sit up here and tell y'all, hey, y'all chill out smoking weed and, you know, smoking everybody's blunts and shit, because some of this shit is laced with fentanyl, y'all ignored us. Not all y'all, but you know, a lot of y'all dismissed us. Oh, ain't no damn fentanyl and weed. Ain't nobody doing no shit like that. Okay. Now you just seen that super chat that young uh, person sent and said somebody in their neighborhood at 17 died. This is real. You know, this is real. And we said that during that last podcast, me and her did. When they were talking about it was drugs, it was crack. That was the main thing we were saying. It was probably laced because that is the thing now. Thank you, Chris, uh, and everybody in the chat says, we've been saying this forever. Remember when all the weed people tried to cuss me out when COVID happened? When it first broke down, I said, hey, y'all chill out. They was doing the, the smoking challenge. How long you could hold your smoke in without coughing? And I said, are y'all stupid? Do y'all see that they're trying to mess y'all up? We're dealing with lung issues. Y'all keep chanting y'all can't breathe, and then y'all want to do a damn smoke challenge, affecting your lungs even more if you in the event you get C-19. So... Like I said, this, this is very serious, and people need to be aware that if DMX's stash can be laced, okay, I don't know if his dealer laced it or who he got his crack from. I, I don't know, not my business. But if he can get a laced batch, then who are y'all? Who, who am I as a regular person? If he's a superstar and some lace shit can end up in his system, it can happen to any of us. So just be very, very careful. You know, I see a lot of people talking about you should grow weed. I'm not going to, you know, encourage them to grow anything because it's not legal in every state. So before you start to grow weed in your garden, <laughs> make sure you won't be thrown in jail. OK, so I'm not going to say that. But what I'm going to say is be careful, because if you did not listen to that last podcast that me and her did, um, it was about DMX and a bunch of other stuff. I can go look for it on Apple, on Spotify. But we even talked about it. Because she had did research because that was one thing we was noticing is that people were starting to say they were getting sick from the weed. They, the shade room even posted an article. People's stomach was hurting. They're ending up in the ER from weed. Now, when we was younger, like, I didn't know people who had side, bad side effects from weed. Usually when people smoke weed, they just had munchies. But like I said, I, I've never smoked weed, physically smoked weed. That's not my thing. So I can't compare the weed from when I was a kid to now because I never smoked it. To this day, I've never smoked it. But I know enough damn smokers in my life. They all tell me it's not the same damn weed. So we feel that the reason why a lot of people are having complications and getting sick is because they want to move everybody to the legal marijuana. And they did this during prohibition where they were putting poison in the alcohol. We broke that down in the podcast. They were putting poison in the alcohol and that was killing people. And then a few years later, they legalized alcohol like, look, we're going to legalize it. Now we have a safer method. Instead of y'all drinking that damn bathtub gin and juice, here we got it for you in a damn bottle. You know, so I feel like there's it's, it's a lot to it. So yes, while Irv is a chatty patty, be un, just understand that this fentanyl is no joke. And we've been talking about that for months. It is no joke. One, like literally a, the size of an eyelash can kill you. You just need a little amount. And if you're not used to it, you know, that can like de definitely mess up your system. If he was used to smoking, you know, one thing and then the fentanyl is mixed in there, it probably was an overload on his heart and what caused him to have a, you know, heart attack and stuff like that. So the whole situation is sad, but either way, 
his funeral, I, I really enjoyed it. I watched it. BT has streamed it. I thought the funeral was really well. Um, Swiss Beats said a lot of real stuff. Let me go ahead and play you guys what Swiss Beats had to say. And I love when his daughter got up there and she started freestyling. I thought that was dope. That was really sweet. So y'all go ahead and check this out real quick here. Love my brother very dearly. Words can't describe our loss. But our gain is heavy as well because we got a real serious person upstairs that's looking down on us. And that's going to guide us through our journey. He keep popping up on me. He started the show late today. He already up there acting up. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just love, I just, the only part is like, you know, I just wish all these people showed up for him when he was here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We got thousands of people claiming who they are and tickets and things like that. This man needed everybody. He didn't need everybody when he's not here. He needed everybody when he was here. It's okay. So he said some real head stuff. Up, you're wrong. I'm learning to hold my head up. You're wrong. I'm learning to hold my head up. My daddy's still holding my hand, so I gotta get up. And you all learn so much from my father. He taught me life is my story. I'm the author. He taught me to be strong, but it's okay to be afraid. Cause sometimes it'll show you how to be brave. I know how to get up whenever I fall. I never give up. I give it my all. Cause I know I'm big even though I look small. Looking at my daddy's picture on the wall. I know he want me to be the best I can be. Nobody else. I gotta be me. My brothers and sisters, we all stand together. Throw up the X. Daddy forever. I learn how to understand the good and the bad. I look in the mirror, sometimes I see my dad. I know he's with God, cause I know he loved him. Head up, you're wrong. Whew. That gave me chills when I heard his daughter doing that little rap. I said, that's the female DMX right there, and she don't even know it yet. I mean, I you know, usually when kids get up and, well, usually they don't say a whole lot at funerals. They, yeah, I miss my dad. Or, you know, remember when Paris, when Michael Jackson um, died and she was like, you know, daddy was the best dad. You know, they just cry and they break down, right? I was not expecting her to do that. And I'm like, and it rhymes. And she's good. And she's on beat. That is little DMX reincarnated in the female version. That she killed it. She was saying some real stuff. So that was really sweet. Um, like I was saying, I thought Kanye West's performance, it kind of looked ritualistic to me. You know, with all the red lighting and the and the circle and all that stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people felt that way as well. But I thought overall, I think it was a really good funeral. And I'm glad that they were able to stream it for people who could not be there. Um, and he deserved that send off. And I was really happy to see the two women in his life, um, his ex-wife, Tashira, and his um, fiance. I just loved how Tashira has just grown because she went through a lot with DMX. We know, you know, we don't sugarcoat shit over here. I'm a big fan, okay, big DMX fan. But he wasn't the best husband. I mean, the fact he has 15 kids by 10 different women lets you know he was not the best husband to her. So for her to have grown and for them to come to a place where they get along and they just want to be there, you know, to make sure the kids all know each other as siblings, 
I think that's a beautiful thing. So I really respected Tashir for just stepping up and showing that young woman, um, D, uh, DMX's uh, fiance, just showing her love. You know, she she deserved that. So let me go ahead and play you guys that video here really quick. So this is Tashira. Oh, there we go. Hold on. As I close, I am going to recognize Desiree because from day one, real women do real things. I'm a real woman and I'm a woman of God. That woman is a woman of God. She's in training. She's in the work. She ain't perfect, but she love that man. And that's why I love you. You see me? So when she comes up, and she comes up right now. She's not, she's not, she's new to this. She's stage fright. But you got like the woman that he taught you to be. Represent him. Represent him. Thank you guys. And I love y'all. That was powerful. Let me come back on the screen. I thought that was powerful. That just showed maturity. And it just showed that, you know, sometimes as the fans, we be more angry than the people involved in the relationship. It just shows that they've they've moved on, they reconciled, and they were just able to be ex-husband and wife and make it about the kids. So I just, I really respected her for that. That was beautiful. You know, that was just beautiful. And it was amazing to see like all his kids up there, you know, I, like I said, I only know the ones he has with Tashira, you know, Xavier, Tacoma's brother. Xavier made you a great grandmother. You know what I mean? Like I know them kids, but I don't, I don't know all the other ones and the little boy Exodus. So it was just nice to like hear all of their names and stuff like that. So I thought that was dope. Um, let's see here. Live, love, laugh says I'm home. I'm bed rest after surgery. I've been catching up on the Discord and your previous live. Keep preaching the truth. Thank you so much, sis. I hope you get better soon. Um, you know, like I said in the first stream, I just want to thank you guys for supporting me. I don't expect people to agree with everything that comes out of my mouth. Of course not. You know, I just speak for myself and I'm going to speak my truth as I see it. You know what I mean? And I feel like regardless if, of how we feel about any particular topic, when we start silencing and shaming people or trying to force people to see things the way you see it, that's when we have issues as a society. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think we need to be able to speak truth to power and to speak things without fear of reprisal and, and shame and ridicule. You know what I mean? And that's one thing a lot of people really respected about DMX is that he just always spoke truth to power. You know what I'm saying? He didn't really have a filter. And so it seems like a lot of that is gone. And I just, I can't live that way. You know, if I, if I, I have to be honest about things that I see, especially when you have an audience and you have young people who follow you. What kind of person would I be? What kind of mother would I be? What kind of auntie, sister, whatever y'all claim me to be, would I be to not speak the real and say, you know, we, we have to 
talk to the kids about real situations and how to handle it. It may be uncomfortable, but it's the truth. You know, same thing with the little boy that ended up hurt when he snuck out the house at two o'clock in the morning and he ended up getting caught up by that serial rapist who, you know, abused them and then left them for dead. And I was telling kids, you can't sneak out the house. There's a lot of things going on out there and you might sneak out and never make it home and nobody even knows what happened to you. By the grace of God, that young Florida boy was found and, you know, was able to live to tell his story. But so many kids, we never see them again. So we have to be able to tell children the truth. We have to be able to talk to kids. We have to be able to, you know, talk real in society and stop worrying about what people don't think or if the mob doesn't like you. Fuck the mob. They can kick rocks. They'll be back. They always scream they're going to unsubscribe and F me and F my opinions. And then they come right back the next show. They're probably here now. 7,000 people watching. I'm sure half the people who are complaining in the last stream are here. But, you know, the video got 13,000 likes. So obviously I'm not alone in my thoughts. So I appreciate y'all for that. Um, let's see here. Fareen Williams sent in, says, hey, my favorite YouTuber, just sending a little love. I'll catch the playback. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. Um, Kirk Terrain. Sent $99.99. Thank you so much for the $99.99 super chat. I appreciate you. Says, good evening, Auntie T. Many blessings to you. Many blessings to you as well. And thank you so much for the love. I really, truly appreciate it. So thank you. Um, let's see here. Marlon Harrison says, I watched the funeral. I personally would have done without the Russell Simmons and the dude that jumped up on stage at the end. Yeah, I thought the dude, he claimed to be DMX's childhood friend. Again, people clout chasing. I mean, you weren't a part of the program, sir. I'm sure he had plenty of childhood friends. Did you call him before he overdosed to make sure he was good? Or did you want to make a spectacle because you knew cameras was there, BET and other rappers, and, you know, he was doing too much. I'm glad that that pastor checked him. You know, Russell Simmons, I heard people were kind of upset by what he was saying. I don't listen to anything that comes out of his mouth. This is the same man who has literally put himself in self-imposed exile in Bali, where he cannot be extradited for the crimes that he has committed against women in America. So I, I don't I, I just don't care what Russell Simmons has to say about anything. Beautiful daughters. I love his family. But as far as when he speaks, it goes in one ear, not the other, sir. You can't even come, you, you creep in and out of America. So stop. <laughs> him and them, oh God, I can't. As soon as I seen him, I was like, I, I probably went to the kitchen when he got a snack. I just can't pay him no mind, honey. Let's see here, Shea Hood sent $50, says, hey T, beautiful black queen. I love and support everything you do. Don't let absolutely no hater mute you. Thank you. Says, I love what DMX stood for. It hurt me when he passed. May he rest in God's love forever. And may God continue to smile upon your life, queen. Thank you so much, sis. I really appreciate the super chat and your message. It means a lot to me. And, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that I can't let people's opinions and, and you know, the haters or whatever you want to call them, you know, derail what, what I have planned for myself and what God has planned for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm still just going to speak the truth. It, it just is what it is. You know, so thank you guys for just hanging with me and, and, and rocking with me and rocking with my channel, no matter how uncomfortable the topics may get. Um, let's see here. Nairobi1234 says, hey, T, you're absolutely right about trade school. I'm 27 
and in 32K debt from student loans for my BAMMA. I wish I knew about trade schools. Thank you so much for the super chat, love. Yes, if you guys missed the other stream that got crazy, it kind of started acting granny, so I had to reboot. A young man has sent a super chat and said that he was getting, he was finishing his master's program. So I was thanking him and just telling him congratulations. And so I was speaking to the young people because we've been doing Zoom meetings about this. Because one thing, I do a lot of conversations outside of YouTube. YouTube is not a platform where I feel comfortable as much talking about certain things. So when we get down to real, real shit, we do Zoom meetings. And put a teacup if you were in the Zoom meeting where we talked about student loans, student loan debt, trade school. It was, I mean, it was powerful. I mean, if you weren't in there and you haven't watched it and you're in the Discord, please watch it. It was a wealth of information in there. You know, people telling their real stories and things like that. And like we were saying in there, unless you're trying to be a doctor or work in tech, a lot of these jobs are going to be obsolete and it makes no sense getting yourself into debt, okay, to go get a degree that when you leave school, there's no jobs. Think about how corrupted the system is. They'll give you, sis, $32,000, right, to go pursue your education. No 18-year-old is mature enough to handle $32,000 per se, right? This is what they say. 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, they're too immature for them to come into a bank and ask for a loan for thirty-two grand. If they want to get it for a car, if they want it for a down payment on a business or a house, oh no, you're only 18. You can't handle that much money. You'll probably spend it on Xbox video games or some shit. But don't you guys find it strange that they have no problem giving these same 18-year-old student loan debt, okay? Student loans for 30, 60, 70, 80, up to 100 grand. So which one is it? They can't get a $100,000 loan to go buy a new house and build equity and something that will appreciate for them in years to come, but they can get student loan debt. If y'all don't understand the play at hand here, that's what I was saying. Don't not blue collar workers. You know, I see a lot of people who act like, you know, blue collar work is beneath people. Absolutely not. Okay? Nobody ever thinks about a plumber until they need one. No one ever thinks about, you know, an electrician until you need one. And those jobs pay well. And I've been just, I was saying in the previous post that at my house, there's a lot of contractors out there and I've been talking to a lot of little young boys there. Well, I'm young. I'm like, you got a little baby face. How old are you? 19, 20, 21 years old. On these big ass eight foot ladders, putting wiring up in the house and all that stuff making 25 to 30 bucks an hour. Apprenticeship work, getting trained in by their uncle who owns the business. So yes, definitely there's no shame in a trade school. There's no, trade, there's no shame in getting an apprenticeship. Plumbing, electrician, they make very good money. So that was one of the things that we were talking about because the, the, this whole school system, this whole college, it's a trap. It's a debt trap. Unless you're going to do something medical or, you know, with science, technology, a lawyer, then yes, you do need to go to school. But you don't need to go to school necessarily to like be a realtor. You can do apprenticeship work. You can learn. 
You know, you can get certain degrees, but you don't need to be in there for four years. There's certificate programs. So definitely look at like just different things. You know, if I can leave that with anybody. But yeah, I saw the teacups. Shout out to everybody who was in that Zoom meeting. It was a very, very educational meeting. One of my favorite meetings that we had um, as of late. But yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's just all, it's, it's a ploy. But don't feel bad, sis. Don't feel bad at all. Um, let's see here. Nairobi says, I can't drink at 18, but they can put you into debt. Shake my head. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're not young enough to drink, but we can give you $100,000 worth of student loan debt. It's crazy. Um, Pete sent $10, says, finally in the right place at the right time. I've been watching you for six to seven years. This is my first live. I'm proud of you, sis. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much, Peach, and welcome. I'm glad you're able to make it. Thank you. Um, Dora's late night gossip art says, hey, love, can you please, re can I please rejoin the Discord at work? What do you mean, can you rejoin it at work? Okay, oh, you asking, can you rejoin? Um, as of right now, the Discord is closed. Right now it's closed. But thank you for the super chat. Uh, let's see here. Latoya P says, you are amazing. Sent the $20 sticker. Thank you, Latoya. I appreciate you. So the DMX situation was definitely crazy. So like I said, while everybody's upset with Irv Gotti for being messy, just understand, you know, that that fentanyl is no joke. And if it can take out DMX, it can take out a regular smuggler person. So be very mindful when going to these parties and partying with people. You know, everybody does not have good intentions. And these drug dealers of today are not the same as the drug dealers of yesteryear. They seem to be a lot more sinister. You know, the way they're trying to make their product stretch by using chemicals that can kill you, that's very, very sinister. You know, back in the day, most drug dealers, I, you know, I'm not a drug dealer, but I'm assuming you want your clientele alive so they can come back and buy more, right? But it seems like the, the ones, you know, nowadays, they don't care. They're just trying to make their quick money and move on to the next city. So it's very scary. So be very careful out here partying and, you know, sharing blunts and, you know, doing lines in the bathroom, Miley Cyrus and all that goofy shit. Um, let's see here. Denise Castillo sent $49.99. Thank you so much, Denise. Appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Corrupted said $19.99. Said thanks for being you. Thank you so much, Corrupted. Eli Garcia sent 50 says, I am one. I was the one. I am one that was in my feelings from your lives. I got over it and I'm back. Sorry for the bad energy. Thank you so much. And just thank you for being honest. I appreciate you. And thank you for the super chat. Like I said, we're not always going to agree, right? But I'm always, when you really sit back and you think about what I was saying, I was giving advice that can save people's lives. Okay. It, it's not about being condescending. It's not about being mean. More information has come out about the girl. Half the stuff that was being told was lies. Nobody was coming there to jump her. It was one of the foster sisters who called. They were there to, you know, I don't even want to get into the whole thing again, but there's just more information that has come out. Does that negate what happened to her? No, it's messed up. Just like the little boy in Chicago, it's messed up. No child should have to lose their life. But again, as parents and as adults and people in the community, we also have to ask honest questions. What was a 13-year-old doing outside at 2 o'clock in the morning firing a gun at somebody's house? See, those conversations make people uncomfortable. So I appreciate you for being honest and saying that you were upset. But then you later on, you know, 
digested it and you're back. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, let's see here. Um, Andre Wellington says, hey, auntie, remember when you did that two-part video by credit back in 2016? I really appreciated it. At the time, I was a teenager. Love you. Thank you so much. And I'm really glad that that video helped you. I know it helped quite a few people to be able to build their credit and understand why credit was important. And as we go into this, well, not new millennium, but you know, as the years have gone on, credit is very important. Credit will keep you out of certain housing, cars, you know, that interest rate. So credit is very, very important. So the sooner that we teach our kids about that and stay on top of them and stay, you know, and you stay on top of your finances and stuff like that, the better off you'll be. That's why everybody's out here scrambling to get homes right now because the interest rate is so low, but you know who's missing out on that good interest rate? People with bad credit. So that's the thing. Make sure your credit is up to par. Pay your bills on time. That doesn't make you a square. It doesn't make you a loser. No, it makes you smart, business-minded, and about your financial stability in the future. So all that, you know, when we were growing up, that was a joke. Having bill collectors calling you and owing debt. You notice how that was always the joke with Black comedians? And it was almost like it was normalized to Black folks to feel like debt is just normal. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Because those same jokes weren't being told in the white community. They've always been on top of their debt. Not all white people, but you know what I'm saying? The majority, they understand finance and debt because they're taught that. We're, th we're taught to hide from the bill collector. And you know, when he calls, act like you're somebody else. Hello, she ain't even here. Wrong number. Me not speak no English, click. You know, it's always a joke. But as you get, if I, as I've gotten noticed, like, no, like this was real life. Like you need your credit. You got to pay those bill collectors off, you know? So that's just the truth of the matter. So thank you for that. Uh, let's see here. Kim Starr, since 699, says, hey, T, what do you think about the tourism industry? Do you think it is wise to move to a major, to move? Is, okay, hold on. Do you think it's a wise move to major in right now with all this mess going on? Love you. Um, the tourism industry depends on what you're trying to do. You know, when you say majoring, I don't know, like, I'm not sure, like, what degrees go with the tourism industry. Um, but right now, tourism is definitely slowed down. So you really want to focus on degrees where you can get money and things that you can use no matter where you go. Because if you're only focusing on tourism, what happens when tourism shut down like it did in 2020? Whereas with People who work online with computers, IT systems, there's no shutting down. With medical, people are always going to be sick. People are always going to be having babies. You know, they're always going to need people in those fields. So those would be the fields that I would feel comfortable telling young people to go. Not saying don't chase your dreams of being a tour guide or whatever you want to do, but see if there's alternatives where maybe you do that on the side. Or maybe you work on a carnival cruise ship doing certain things, you know, or maybe doing IT on the cruise ship. So you kind of, you know, you're doing the tourism thing. You're in different parts of the, the world, you know, but then you're also doing the IT. You're making things run on the ship. So just some ideas that you could look into, sis. So thank you for the super chat. Um, let's see here. Lenora Dorsey says, you always keep it real. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, sis. And thanks for the super chat. Um, Rodel Baby 01 says, lovely, I finally caught another live. YouTube doesn't notify me anymore. Anyways, love you and your commentary and the info. 
you bring. Keep shining, keep shining, love. Thank you so much, and thanks for coming through. So, yes, you know, there's all types of different things we can do out here, you know, but like I said, I just want the people who follow me. I feel like I got a lot of just really dope people, really smart people, you know, who just who follow my content. So I want the best for those people, you know, so I'm going to definitely give you advice that can guide you in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, you want something that's going to be long lasting. So thank you for that. So now I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace to Shock G. Now, I've been trying to wait to listen to see what happened to Shock G. Um, they're saying that he may have had a heart attack as well. I'm not sure. It hasn't been confirmed yet. But, yes, Shock G, the one who put the satin in your panties. <laughs> you can tell by my fit. <laughs> I just, I loved him. I'm an everyday man. I ain't rich. Um, but Shock G, now, I remember when he first came out with the whole do the humpy hump and do, baby, do the humpy hump and. Okay, we're like in fourth grade. And I remember he had like that, that, what was it, the glasses with the weird nose. And he was, you know, doing all that stuff with Tupac. I didn't know who Tupac was back then, but we all knew Humpty from that mask. But baby, when he took that mask off, Shock G was fine. Even to this day, Shock G looks so good. I remember watching that interview that he did um, during the whole All Eyes on Me, um, when that the movie premiere, when he was on the red carpet. And I'm just like, he's still fine to this day. To this day. <laughs> Shock G is fine as hell. So when I found out he died, that was just definitely hurtful. He's a real deep brother, though. Like, if you ever watch a lot of his interviews, especially concerning Tupac and things like that, Shock G was really deep. And I remember they became, like, really conflicted after a while because Shock G wanted, he was like a big brother to Tupac, right? So he was the one mentoring Tupac and, you know, helping him out in the rap game. So now you see your mentee surpassing the mentor. So that kind of caused a little bit of conflict. But a lot of their stuff really came to a head when Tupac was really on that thugging shit, right? Because Shock G was from the Bay. He wasn't about all that thug life stuff. And he really wanted to see Pac live. You know, he wanted him to live a long life. But Pac wasn't trying to hear it. And he kind of spoke about it during the um, All Eyes on Me. So I'm going to show you that clip really quick here. Give me just a second. Child, this is him and Pac back in the day. I pulled Pac out of the party. And I said, yo, they got two more hits on you. They already had two in Oakland. Now they got two in L.A. Four people are paid to kill you. Take it easy. Take my key. Live in my condo while I'm on tour. Watch the Jeffersons. Relax. You know what Pac told me? He said, you finish? You don't get it, do you? I don't give a fuck. And walked away. And before he got out of sight, he looked back one last time and went. My God. So Pac was ready. He was ready. He knew he was done here. On to his next planet. On to his next adventure. Maybe he was reincarnated on Earth. Who knows? But Pac wasn't worried about death. He was not scared of death. Neither am I. I might go tonight. I might go tomorrow. I might live another 20 years. God, don't bless me. But who knows? I'm going to pull Pac out of the mm. party. I think that's the part, you know, looking back on it when he was like, you know, 
I might go tonight. I might live another 20 years. You know, who knows? So I thought that was really deep. You know, I just thought everything he was saying. But I told y'all, Shock G is fine. Don't let that damn mask fool you. People still, when they think about Shock G, they think about that whole Humpty. That was just a mask. He didn't really look like that. That's the real Shock G. Child. And he was in his 50s, honey. He was still fine. Go look at them younger when Shock G was younger. Very handsome man. So it's really sad that he passed away. Um, rest in peace to him. Just a real deep brother. Um, so it's like we're losing a lot of our icons, unfortunately. You know, we had DMX and we had Black Rob. And now we have Shock G. So again, just understand that life is short. On top of this, somebody says, who is Shock G? Come on, child. Go back and rewatch the stream. Um, but yeah. On top of this, I want to also talk about the young man who lost the young man who lost his life a few days ago for all the sports athletes. Now, AAU season is back. I had posted a video on Instagram yesterday because it was kind of snowing. I was going to my son's AAU game. So it started snowing, you know, like Prince says, sometimes it snows in Minnesota in April. So it was cool. But um, it was after the Zoom meeting. Like I'm literally shutting down the Zoom meeting the other day. And I'm going upstairs and my youngest is like at the top of the stairs, like Terrence Clark just died. And I'm like, who, what happened? And then he was like telling me, he's like, he died and BJ, you know, they were all in a car accident. So it was a lot of crazy stuff that went on. And now the video has come out showing everything. So I'm going to show you some of that here. Um, for y'all who don't know, Terrence uh, Clark was playing for Kentucky. Um, he is an NBA prospect, him, BJ Boston, Jalen Suggs, Chet Holmes, you know, the, the Minnesotans, you know, shout out to y'all. Um, they're doing their thing. And y'all know as a sports mom, boys who play, you know, basketball, you know, you're involved. Like it's, it's, it was tragic because he's only 19 years old and he got this, you know, this, this luck, talent being drafted. He has his whole life ahead of him. Going into the NBA, that is what all these young boys' goals are in basketball and AAU, especially for six foot seven, you know, and talented as hell like Terrence Clark. So it was just, it was shocking when I heard this and I had posted this on Instagram. So now it's come out what happened to him. And um, we knew it was a fatal car crash, but you know, a lot of people assume that, you know, maybe a drunk driver hit him. And that was not the case. He was speeding. And he ended up crashing. Thank God he didn't kill anybody else. I'm going to go ahead and play you guys this news clip here. Very tragic situation. Extremely tragic. Because he was so talented. So give me just a second to pull this up here. Okay. Has died after a car crash in Northridge. At just 19 years old, the freshman guard was preparing for the NBA draft just yesterday, signing with major sports agency Clutch Sports before tragedy struck. Tonight, new surveillance video shows the crash unfold at 2 o'clock this afternoon on Winnetka Avenue and Nordoff Street. Police say Clark mm. ran a red light, slammed into another car before losing control, hitting a pole and a wall.
He was the only person in the car. First responders rushed Clark to Northridge Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. The other driver was not hurt. Let's go live now to David Pingalore, who joins us in studio as the sports world is mourning tonight for the rising star. A young man has touched many lives with a bright future ahead of him. Tragically cut short, Terrence Clark was a highly touted prospect coming out of high school in Boston, where he chose to go to the University of Kentucky over schools like Duke, Texas, and UCLA. Clark was limited to just seven games because of an ankle injury this year, averaging nearly 10 points per game. The 19-year-old was considered to be the city of Boston's best prospect in years, a gifted athlete. He was in Los Angeles getting himself ready for this summer's upcoming draft, where he was projected to go into the second round. A number of athletes reacted to the news, along with his former college coach, John Calipari. In a statement, he said in part, a young person who we all love has just lost his life too soon, one with all his dreams and hopes ahead of him. Terrence Clark was a beautiful kid, someone who owned the room with his personality, smile, and joy. LeBron James, who was part of Clutch Sports, taking to Instagram, posting a photo of Clark, captioning the post, rest in paradise, nephew. Before entering Kentucky, he was ranked the eighth best high school basketball player in the country. This is- All right, y'all, let me come back on this screen. So the whole situation is tragic. So like I said, if you're into sports and, you know, we watch all these young kids grow up, you know, like most of the people I follow, funny enough, are like the same people my kids follow. Like I follow all the young athletes like Mikey and Bronny and uh, Shakir O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's kids. I follow them like those are like the main people I follow just because I just enjoy watching their athleticism, how much they've grown. We've watched these kids, you know, since they were like 10, 11 years old, you know, just being through the AAU circuit and on YouTube and things like that. And he was number eight in the nation. But again, okay, I have to keep it real. Okay, and this is the part, some may take offense, but I have to be honest. You know, a lot of times I like to dismiss what older people say, y'all is oh, y'all always are judging. But do y'all understand why I say that? Do not let, especially when you have goals, when you have things to live for. Okay, you have kids out here who really don't know if they're coming or going. They don't know where they're going to be in the next five years. You know, everybody can't dribble a ball. Everybody's not going to make into the NBA. Everybody's not going to be LeBron. Everybody's not going to be Beyonce. Everybody's not going to be Tupac, right? I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do at 18. I had a baby, but I had no idea what I wanted to do, where I was going to be at in life. So what I'm saying is this. When you have things to live for, when you want to be here, you have to make smart decisions. And I'm not going to apologize for saying that. There was no reason for him, knowing that you're number eight in the country, you're going to be drafted into the NBA, one of the best players out there. What was he thinking? It like it, just, it breaks my heart because it had been easier to digest if it was a drunk driver that hit him. But the fact that he was doing 80 miles per hour in a 40 mile zone in residential ass Winneka, we used to live in the valley. There's not a lot of spots you can just go flying, right? We live right in Canoga, Chatsworth. I know that whole area. Northridge Mall right up the street. So you're coming flying not giving into consideration anybody else. He already hit a car. Thank goodness the person that he hit, they didn't, you know, get any severe injuries, but he hit that car, bounced out that car, then ended up slamming into a pole. Again, 
we have one life to live. We have one body. Okay? Either you can live your life or you can chase death. And I feel like when you have goals and you have things planned for your life, you have to move accordingly. That doesn't mean that you can't walk out the door and get hit by a bus. That don't mean that you can't get struck by lightning. We can, we can, any of us can go at any time. So I'm not saying that, but I'm damn sure not going to chance it and chase it. So I hope this is a lesson to all these young boys. Don't let this fame, don't let the fact that you number one, two, three, and four in the nation understand this. Jalen, Chet, and all these kids that like are that the top 10 prospects that are going into the NBA understand that just because you've been blessed with this thing on earth to go into the NBA and to, you know, to have all this athleticism, it can be taken away from you at the drop of a dime by reckless decisions. Now I'm going to say something else that folks ain't ready to talk about. Hope my stream don't get messed up. I low key feel like they were racing and that might be wrong for me to say, but I'm trying to figure out why he would just be flying through an intersection at 80. I low-key feel like them kids was racing. BJ was in the car behind him, and BJ got hurt too. Well, BJ didn't wreck anything, so I'm confused as to how they're saying he got hurt, but I don't know. i got to look up more stuff on that. I feel like they were racing. I really do. You know, the NBA is scared to call it out. You know, when you say anything, unless you're giving folks undue praise in their death, you, you can't pick out anything else. You just got to say RIP and keep moving. Not on this channel. We're going to have real conversations here. Because there's a lot of young people like my son and others who look up to him and who look up to BJ and who look up to all these, you know, wonderfully athletic teenagers. But they need to make good decisions so they can be here to see everything that their parents and their family put into them. Them AAU, damn, uh, how many, put a teacup if you pay for AAU, for basketball, football, hockey, soccer, that shit ain't no damn joke year after year. The clothing, the, 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 the tournaments, driving, gas, you put a lot into these kids. And it's not, we're not doing it because we think our kids are necessarily going to be in the NBA or in the NFL. Track, good, somebody says track. So it's not even that we're doing it because of that, but it keeps our kids off the streets. Organized team sports keeps kids disciplined. They understand how to, how to listen and talk to adults. Because, you know, the hours between after school, three and six o'clock, are the main hours that kids get into trouble. So that's why we have our kids in sports and stuff. So I can just imagine what his parents are going through. You done put all this work into your child, and I'm sure he had coaches and everything else. It's just, it's just, it's so like, it's, it's very hurtful. Very hurtful. It was sad when I heard the news, and then when I saw what happened, it's even more sad. Because he had his whole life ahead of him. I'm not saying don't have fun. I'm not saying, you know, don't party, don't celebrate. But be very, very mindful that your last, that your last action is not your final action on earth. But I really feel like they were racing. Because I, I just don't understand why he would just fly out the blue. Through a, through a red light in an intersection. I think they had been racing up the street. And by the time he tried to stop, he couldn't stop. He was going too fast. That's why he flew through that red light, hit that car, and hit the wall. I believe they were racing.
but they're not ready for that conversation. But with that being said, rest in peace to him. He definitely did not deserve to go out like that. It's very sad, but I'm just thankful that nobody else went out with him. You know, don't don't kill anybody else with your, you know, reckless decisions. So thankfully, nobody else was hurt. Had he been driving with a teammate, it had been two, two dead NBA prospects. Because, you know, they all run together. They all hang out, you know. So the whole situation is very, very tragic. So just understand that life is short. You know, we all make mistakes. So I'm, I'm not here to judge him. We all make mistakes. I've driven stupidly. I've texted and drive. You know, I've, I've sped when I shouldn't have. I've driven in horrible weather. So we all made mistakes, you know, but thankfully we've made it home. So just, you know, now what we can do is learn from his mistake and be even more mindful that if you're racing, because I believe that's what caused this, stop racing. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. That young man had his whole life ahead of him. So I'm, I'm just heartbroken, you know, as a sports mom and as one who's just watched a lot of these kids, you know, just grow up. It's just really sad. It's really sad. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to him. Yeah, somebody bought a Paul Walker, you know, that same situation too. You know, Paul Walker racing and, and crashing. So yeah, you know, nobody's immune. The human body is very, very fragile. Very fragile. So rest in peace to him. It's very scary. Very scary. Let's see here. Um, oh, this stuff is freezing up. Uh, Marquis Slaughter sent five says, hey, big sis, I live in Peoria, Illinois. There were two huge accidents last fall. One with four beautiful young ladies racing. They lost their lives. Wow. Yeah, it seems like that street racing is coming back. Because that was a big thing, like, in the early 2000s because of Fast and the Furious. So kids were always just randomly racing and shit and crashing and dying. But it seems like it's coming back for some reason. I'm hearing more and more about, you know, you know these racing stories. But I really believe that that's what happened. Like I said, the NBA, they're not ready to talk about it. People don't, you know, you can't speak truth nowadays. Everybody just wants to ignore the obvious. But I feel like they were probably racing, you know. So I just hope that if that's what they were doing, this is their wake-up call to stop. And that goes for not just his friends and the kids in the, you know, in the whole AAU uh, college getting ready to go to, you know, the NBA. Not just them, but just these kids in general. Anybody who was a fan of Terrence and, and DJ and all of them, just understand that life is short. So it's just really tragic what happened to him. Um, Tashnable sends seven dollars and seventy-seven cents. I like that seven seven seven. Says you're preaching tonight, sis. I just had to put some on the collection plate. Love you. Stay blessed. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. Thanks for that. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot going on, and the whole situation is sad. Shout out to all ten thousand people in here. Please hit the like button. The like button is free. If I'm preaching to you, if you're feeling what I'm saying, definitely hit that like button. Don't be shy. Um, Rose sent $3 earlier. She says, I'm an ER nurse and this BS is on the rise and it's scary. She's talking about that fentanyl. We're talking about that at the beginning of the show. So that fentanyl is definitely on the rise. And right now it looks like my YouTube connection is showing excellent. I've been down here for 50 minutes, so we're going to keep going here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Adrian Ford says, Hey T just stopping by to show some support. Thank you so much, Adrian. I appreciate you. 
So let me go ahead. Uh, Christian sent $5 and said his brakes probably gave out. Yeah, I could see that. You know, depends on how fast he was going. And that's the thing. When you're flying from like way down the street, by the time you're trying to stop, you know, you need enough space to stop to not go through that red light. So it may not even been his brakes necessarily going out, but him just going so fast that the brakes are not able to stop in time. You know, but I just could, oh, I can only imagine what he was thinking, you know, that last second as he's getting ready to slam and knowing he has so much. God, it's just sad. And only 19. That's the part that's just sad. He's the same age as my, you know, as my oldest. So it's sad. Um, Miss Fifth says, I know a mother, I know as a mother of two boys, this is very touching to you. Prayers to you and yours at this time. Love you, T. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. Um, Starseed Glow sent $20. Thank you so much for the super chat as well. Yeah, the whole situation is sad. And I know one of his cousins had left a message on my Instagram page, you know, so their family, you know, they're definitely taking it hard, taking it hard as well. You know, like I said, you never hear about these kids. They're not troublemakers. You know, they're all relatively good kids because I follow them on the gram and, you know, they're not on there wilding out and, you know, they're pretty respectful children. That's one thing I will say, LeBron, Shaquille, you know, Mikey's father, you know, they raise their kids. You know, they're pretty good kids, just normal teenagers. You know, they're not out here doing all that stuff with guns and all that other shit. So I enjoy following the young athletes more than the young rappers because the young rappers, you know, I, I just turn into mom. Like, stop. Put the gun away, sir. You know, whereas the young athletes, they're just doing regular stuff. So I just it's just really sad. It's really sad. You know, so rest in peace to him. Um, let me see here. I wanted to also hit on this as well. Um, right now, look, okay, let's talk about the whole Jocelyn, uh, Jocelyn uh, Adams situation. Jaslyn, sorry, Jaslyn Adams, the seven-year-old girl who was killed while we're on this topic. I want to talk about that really quick. They found the killer. And the killer of that baby was an 18-year-old young man who's now just basically thrown his life down the drain. Now, they're saying he was the driver. So this was a three, it was either two or three people total, including the driver, that had to do with this. Um, I'm going to play you guys this news clip first. Let's just listen to the news clip first. And I'm going to say what I got to say about the situation, of course, Folks will be offended. It makes me no difference. But let's go ahead and listen to the news clip here. I'm trying to pull it up. Here it is. Okay, this is a young man. See that? All these tattoos on his face and shit. Bond is denied for a man charged with murdering seven-year-old Jaslyn Adams. Tonight, we're learning new information about what police say was his role in the killing and who else may be involved. Good evening, everyone. I'm Jackie Bennett. And I'm Taman Bradley. Kelly Davis is live with our top story tonight at 5. Kelly. Good evening, Taman and Jackie. Marion Lewis appeared in court virtually this morning for his bond hearing. As you mentioned, it was denied. And the state's attorney released some new details about exactly what unfolded one week ago today. The judge called it, quote, disturbing, to say the least. No keys in the shed. A small group gathers outside McDonald's one week after seven-year-old Jaslyn Adams was murdered. 
It hurts me to see our children dying because I have a daughter myself. No justice, no peace. The young girl's death has rocked the city's west side as kids cry out for change. Police arrested one suspect in connection to the murder. 18-year-old Marion Lewis faces more than a dozen felony charges, including first-degree murder and attempted murder. What happened? Something happened. From the time you were born to 18, 18, you're still a baby. Something happened. Lewis was arrested Thursday after police say he led them on a chase down 290, then crashed into a median and tried to carjack another family's vehicle. Both those weapons that were on his person that were recovered, uh, they did test positive to the murder weapons used at the scene to kill Jaslyn. During today's bond hearing, the state's attorney said Lewis was driving the car involved in the shooting. They say the 18-year-old was behind the wheel when two other suspects got out and fired several rounds into Jaslyn Adams' family car. Police have identified the two other men, but they are not yet in custody. You can run, but you can't hide. We are going to bring you to justice for this crime. The Adams family deserves nothing less. Jaslyn's family has asked the others involved in the young girl's death to turn themselves in, but police are confident they'll track them down. That baby was innocent. These babies are being robbed of their innocence. Seven years old. No chance. No chance. Yes. Lewis's next court appearance is scheduled for this Thursday, live at 20. Okay, let me come on screen really quick. So y'all just heard that news clip. Let me find something else. Is this, okay. So a lot of things bother me as more details came out with this story. One, the daddy's a straight up gangbanger. Let, let's call it what it is. You know, he's trying to say he's, he, he does rap. Okay, he does have his rap moniker. He has videos and the videos, it's guns and they're throwing up Vice Lord and all this stuff. Daddy's a straight up gangbanger. And he's been in and out of jail. I haven't seen the dad's interview. I know people have asked me. I haven't even watched it. I, I was able to just deduce what I have just from looking at his social media. Okay. Even on the social media, he comes off as very clout chaserish. He's loving the attention even though it's sad what definitely happened to his child, but he's loving the attention because I'm sorry as a father who's I blame him. I blame him even as much as the damn game bangers who shot into that car because he was on a lot of fuck shit and folks don't want to talk about that. Now here's one of the pictures that he posted on uh, his Facebook So this is on his Facebook page. He basically posts a, a message from Little Dirk, who's a big rapper from Chicago. We all know Little Dirk. And he says, shout out Smirk. I think he meant to write shout out Dirk. And I know a few people are dragging him because they're like, how are you talking about you got a shout out from Dirk? Like that's that should be the least of your concern at this point. Your concern should just be, you know what I'm saying, your daughter, not shout outs from rappers. You know, this is another picture that was on his Facebook page. This is a little girl. You know, he got her middle finger up there in the comments section saying, look at my gangster pinky. You know, it's, the whole situation is just really disturbing. But again, when you call that out, you're mean, you know, you're wrong and shit like this. Beautiful little girl 
who lost her life and for what? Because the daddy want to be out here gangbanging, rapping, pissing on people's graves. But yeah, but the media is not talking about that. This is the video of him peeing on the ops' grave. I don't even understand. Like, when did this become a thing? I just, I don't get this. Let me show y'all this video. Bro, fuck y'all. Bitch ass niggas, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Bitch ass niggas, fuck y'all niggas. Ho ass niggas, bro. Fuck y'all. See, fuck all you bitch ass niggas. Oh, uh, bro, fuck y'all. Bitch ass niggas, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Bitch ass niggas, fuck y'all niggas. This is, I mean, it's just, it's sickening. It's sickening. That is what got that little girl killed at the age of seven. Her father's antics, his disrespect, his gang banging. But nobody wants to address that though. Nobody wants to talk about that. And now you got an 18 year old boy done got caught up in the mix because probably that's all he's been taught to do is gangbang. At 18 years old, he got a whole face full of damn tattoos. Why? You're not a rapper. You're not in the entertainment industry. Why? It just does not make sense to me. So he's driving and then two other morons see their op this disrespectful father who is pissing on a dead person's grave, who probably was a gangbanger himself, who knows? And they just start shooting, not even realizing there might be a child in the car. And now the father is being held some type of, you know, victim slash hero. He's heroic. He survived. He was just a father. That's why I said you got to look into a lot of these stories even deeper. The whole situation is just sickening. It's really sickening. Now, there's another young lady who came out and was blasting the father. Okay? I'm not going to play her whole video. She's just doing a lot of screaming and cursing and all this chicken head shit. But y'all can go ahead and listen. She's blasting the father.
Okay, y'all, let me come back on the screen. Again, it's sad, but that's the shit that goes on in the hood. You know, that's the conversation that they're not ready to address. And y'all are like, she's screaming, she's loud, she's ghetto, she's hurt. Did y'all hear what she said? Her baby's father was also killed. So now she's a young woman out here raising her child fatherless. They're over here taunting each other on social media. And they're saying that all of this started because of a PPP loan scam. Because Chicago police were posting the names and addresses of people who got PPP loans. And his name happened to be on there. So he was talking about, oh, the ops are going to, you know, end up coming to my house a few hours before he took his child to McDonald's. But she was saying even before all this happened, he had been jumping in the ops' DMs, taunting them, keeping shit going. Because we all know in the hood, it's just tit for tat. This person kills somebody, then they go back and re retaliate. And it's just tit for tat. And it goes on for years. She said the shit been going down for seven years. So, again, if you're in the streets like that, and you're, you're hot like that, and you want a gang bang, why even have your child with you? You know, everybody keeps wanting to talk about street code. Oh, well, back in the day, there was a code. If you saw a, 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 your ops with their mother or their child, you didn't shoot. This ain't 19 fucking 90. These fucking kids are high off of fentanyl. You think they care? They're so stuck on social media and living this reality, that this weird virtual reality world, they can't even understand the difference between being on social media and not being on social media. Everything just blurs for these kids. I don't ex that boy has so many damn tattoos on his face. You mean to, to, to think that you would think somebody like that with all them damn tattoos? He looks high as hell in that mugshot. He has enough wherewithal to think, oh, he got a child. We're not even gonna do this. No. And again, let's not forget how much the music glorifies this too. There's even a new drill rap. Where the new thing now is to basically put all your business out there and on record, tell who you shot. And they're using the Mariah Carey beat to it. If y'all know the name of that, let me know. It's something Demon Drill or Deal Dreaming, some, some shit. But it's a new form of drill rap. Where all of this stuff is being glamorized. So y'all think all these people who who even like in King Von's song, his most popular song, what was that? What was that about? It was about him running into the ops and shooting and everything else. One of the most popular songs out here. The beat, but it's one of these challenges. I've seen it on damn TikTok and they're basically rapping about killing, they're rapping in the song about killing their ops, but I can't think of like what it is. Some new drill challenge. And again, they start these challenges because they want you to tell on yourself and when you're talking about things that nobody should know, not even the police, you're telling on yourself. So when you get arrested, please don't cry tattoo tears talking about, you know, oh, somebody snitched on me. You snitched on your damn self via TikTok. There's a bunch of those videos. Yeah, they're using the Mimi, the um, Mariah Carey, her song 
It's like her beat. I was just shocked when I seen it. I was just like, wow. But um, the whole situation is just insane. Like I said, I feel just horrible because this is a baby who had nothing to do with this foolishness. She has nothing to do with what her father's involved in. But again, this, this is not the, the, the gangbangers of yesteryear. Remember early when I said that these are the drug dealers? These are not the same drug dealers from when we were growing up. There was some type of ethics back then. You didn't want to kill your clientele. You didn't want to make your stuff so potent that they would, you know, fall over in the kitchen and die because you want them to come back and buy more damn crack. But now these new dealers, they don't give a damn. They're cutting shit with fentanyl. If you die, you die. They're on to the next. And that's the same way I feel about these gangbangers. Y'all want to have all these rules from when Tupac was trying to put together Thug Life. These little young ignorant ass gangbangers, they're not thinking about no shit from the 90s and, and codes on, you know, gangbanging. And, you know, there, there's certain street codes that are to be respected. They don't care. They ain't been caring. But everybody now wants to act like the father is some type of hero. Sorry, I'm not. Y'all can. I believe it was his fault that his baby died. All the foolishness he was out here doing. When you hot like that, leave them babies at home. If he had that much beef with the ops, he should have went to McDonald's, picked her up a Happy Meal and brought it back to the house. And again, for the ladies, be careful who y'all are out here having babies with. Because if he's out here wilding out and game banging and all that shit, that can come back to befall your children. Is it fair? No. But I'm not talking about what's fair. I'm talking about the truth. This young girl lost her life and for what? Because they're beefing over stupid shit. The daddy wants clout by pissing on somebody's grave. It's just disgusting. Now, I wonder how he would feel if somebody did that same thing to his child now that she's going to be buried. You know, it's one thing to have beef and to not like each other and, and people in the hood getting shot. I get it. But it's another, another thing to just go out your way to desecrate somebody's grave, film yourself doing it, and then post it on social media. It just doesn't make any sense. Did you think the ops were going to let that go? Why keep adding fuel to the fire? It's sad. It's sad. Oh, somebody says, Sugar Mafia says, it's crazy, it just hit me. Remember when DMX was in Belly being a drug dealer and laced his ex's coke? Ooh. Predictive programming? That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, Angie Reed in the comment section says, T, remember the song, Mama, Don't Let the Babies Grow to Be Cowboys? Honey. Yes, times have definitely changed. Let's see here. Amber Brianna says, did you see the video where he said he's not dying over his child, but will die over his guys? What? No, I didn't see that video. Like I said, I seen a few things on his Facebook. So he's not willing to die over his child, but he is over his homeboys. That right there tells you everything you need to know about his mentality. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Tina Howard says meant to say criminality. Uh, okay, Tina Howard sent 10 says, I'm wondering 
Who are the protesters even talking to? The problem is in their community and many people don't speak up about the criminality going on in their community. Exactly, exactly. A lot of this stuff is things that happen in the community. Just like that girl, she was hooping and hollering. She says, you know who did this. You know exactly who killed your daughter. A lot of folks know the shit that goes on in the street. They're not going to talk. You know, the whole not snitching stuff. But a lot of folks know what goes on. Some people just like that chaos. And it's sad. Uh, let's see. Just like when the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, was yelling and talking about when the 13-year-old boy was shot by the police, how this is the community's fault. Absolutely fucking not. Where are his parents? You know, like, I think it's to the point where people are getting tired about getting blamed about stuff. Like, it's hard enough. Everybody just trying to raise their own children. Yes, it'd be nice if we could be a community and look out. But also, if you're having issues, you need to also ask for help. Uh, Fernanda Mendez says, thank you for always keeping it 100 all the time. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I appreciate you. Um, Aaliyah Janice, Janice says, it's very true. Kids from Jacksonville are doing this trend. Young Gene Ace has a song called Who I Smoke. It samples a song from White Chicks. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That is that. That's the challenge, the Who I Smoke challenge. Now, I haven't heard that one. There's another one I heard, and I think that dude, I don't know if he's from Chicago or where, but he used the Mariah Carey beat. So, yeah, it's the challenge going around. And Aaliyah, I feel the reason why they're doing this challenge is because it's, it's just another way to fool the youth into snitching on themselves. Let me see if I can find the challenge. Let me see if I can look it up. And I don't know if the song, it might be... Yeah, okay, I see it coming up. Criminal lawyer reacts to sniper bangs who I smoke. Even criminal lawyers are talking about this. Every person dissed in Young Aces who I smoke video. That's sad. Mm. It's sad. I don't want to play it because you know the beat and copyright and stuff, so I'm not going to play it. But y'all can look it up. Um, okay, Stephanie said the same thing, who I smoked by Young Ace. Yeah, so now it's leading into a challenge where people, you get on TikTok and you just rap. <laughs> Do your knees hurt? I shot you in the knees. I was hiding in the bushes. And they're just telling their business. You remember little Will? I shot him in the head. Now he's dead. I'm like, are y'all insane? Y'all are literally telling the police and the y'all are making their job so much easier. Do y'all understand there's no statute of limitations on murder? All that for a challenge. That's why I say half these young people, they don't even understand reality versus the internet anymore. It's been so merged, they don't get it. When you can sit up here and rap about you shooting folks, killing people and putting it in a song, and these are real people. Did y'all not learn from what happened to Bobby Schmurder? Remember, it was all cool when he was throwing up that hat. You know, the hot nigga song. Everybody was doing a little dance and shit. And then when people found out, like, well, damn, all these names, damn, they really robbed that person. They really shot that person. They really killed that person. And they gave him eight years. And he wasn't the, he wasn't the main one. Remember, the other co-defendants, the ones who, were, who had did the shootings and the killings, they got like 28 to 38 years. 
more years that they don't live all because the music was um, saying what they were doing in real life. The music was mirroring their real life. And now y'all got TikTok challenges. It's insane. But like I said, that, that, that demon time energy is strong. And y'all was invoking it, not y'all per se, but folks were invoking it with all that. Remember when Satan was trending and all that demonic shit was trending with little Nas X? And now you got all these kids out here rapping about this stuff. Like, this is just a good thing. We're supposed to be rapping about killing other black people. Nobody's calling out this challenge. It's, it's sad. It's sad. Let's see here. Yep, see murder. Mm-hmm. He was another one because of that, you know, the music and stuff like that. You know, he's been locked up ever since. Yeah, it's really sad. Yes, baby butter, it is. It's definitely a part of the agenda. But when you speak on it, you're hating, you're jealous, you're old, whatever, honey. We, The ones who see through the nonsense, see through the nonsense. I'm not going to put all my energy into random cases when you have a lot of serious stuff that are affecting the community every single day. Every single day. Uh, Thuggish Queen says, thank you for the information, Queen. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much for the super chat. So now I want to go ahead and talk about um, the whole situation that's going on with Little Tay, okay? For y'all who don't know Little Tay, she was this little white and Asian girl. I think at the time she was like nine or 10. She was viral, just a brat, cussing. She was the youngest flexer in the world. That's how she blew up on social media, her Instagram page. Her mother and her brother were filming her just doing all types of crazy stuff. So now, little Tay's page is back up, and they're claiming that she's being abused by her father. Her white father ended up getting custody of her. Now, he got a new Asian wife, and so the brother, I think his name is Jason or something like that, he's claiming that they're abusing Tay, and they've used all her money that she's made on endorsements and things that she got on Instagram. They took all her money. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys these clips of little Tay here. Give me just a second. Oh, I've been on here already. An hour and 18 minutes. Time is flying. Okay. So this was the father coming to the house. Do you know this? You haven't been in her life for years and now you show up? And now you want to use her career as blackmail to waive your child support expenses? How can you even explain this? And then you go on to manipulate the press to look like the hero parent. Have a good day. You're going to come in and abuse my mom and my sister now? Good job, Jason. Nice one. What about the millions of dollars you stole? Real mature, Chris. You're going to act, you're going to act like you're the righteous one. Gonna... Okay, so that was a video from when he was coming to come get Tay. This was the day that little Tay learned that she wasn't going to be at home making stupid uh, Instagram videos no more. So... This is him and the new girl. And now he's saying Chris Hope and his wife, Hareen or Hani Hope, uh, have been living a lavish lifestyle and going on vacations all off of Tay's money. This is only 1% of the pictures I could get a hold of. Notice how Tay's in none of them. They have abused Tay her whole life, and now they are living off of the billions that they stole from her. 
everybody's saying not to donate to the GoFundMe because Little Tay's brother is running it. I'm not the beneficiary of the GoFundMe. There's no options for me to withdraw anything from it. Tay legitimately needs help. I'm posting on my sister's page because Chris Hope has silenced her so she cannot speak about the truth. These are some pictures of Chris Hope and Haney Hope enjoying their millions that they have stolen from Tay, telling the world the truth. <coughs> so these are the pictures, I guess, from them on vacation. Him buying her jewelry. Her with the nice ass bag. More Louis Vuitton and flowers. More vacation. But you see, that's not little Tay, some other little boy. Them at some, I don't know, sports event. Them on Hawaii. Looks like they're always with her child, but not little Tay. Out in Egypt. So now these are the bruises that he's saying that little Tay has suffered. This is her back. That's her face. Here goes some more pictures here. Now they have also contacted the police and the Ministry of Children and Family Development. Um, it's the Canadian version of CPS. So that's the card. So now let me come back on screen. So now I don't know how I feel about this story because this family is just full of drama and chaos. And let's not forget, it's funny that the brother is, you know, he has a lot to say. He's saying that the father is taking advantage. The father is, you know, he just milked through little, K, uh, little Tay's money. But my thing is this, brother, you were doing the same thing. It seems like you and the mother upset that you guys cannot pimp little Tay out anymore. Because when she was with y'all, she was doing no better. Hence why the father was giving custody. Y'all had her out here running around with grown-ass rappers, thugging, gang-banging, cussing folks out. The mother was filming her. The mother was a realtor and would have her daughter come to these houses and flex these rich people's cars and homes like it was hers. All for Instagram, you know, information. So to me, you're in no moral position to, drop, to, to judge the father. Let me go ahead and refresh your memory for y'all who don't remember who little Tay was and her attitude. Mind you, the brother that's talking all this shit on her page, he was the one filming all these videos of little Tay. So let me go ahead and refresh your memory. This was the youngest flexer in the world. It is little Tay, the youngest flexer of the century. I'm only nine years old, but I'm richer than all y'all broke-ass haters. This female kitchen is bigger than your whole entire living room, and I got four more houses. Y'all haters are already older than me, but y'all still talking shit. I'm a nine-year-old millionaire, and I've been smoking dope, bitch. Shut your mouth before I smack you, auntie. Little Tay out here balling in the IA. I dropped 200 racks on this car, and I'm only nine years old. I got the keys to this car. See this? These are butterfly wings. Y'all haven't seen this car in your lives. I've been driving this around the Beverly Hills area, and I'm only nine years old. I got no license, but I ain't ever gonna get no license. Little Tay just got verified. Y'all ho said I wouldn't make it, but bitch, look, I'm verified now. Little Tay, the youngest fucks of the century. Bitch, I got verified. Stop them! What the hell? Oh, uh, let me come back on the screen. 
Little Tay's persona just irritates me. I never found it funny because I'm grown. So I just, I, I just don't, I don't like badass kids. Y'all know that. I don't like little badass kids. Don't like bad baby. I, I just don't like bad children, right? So she always annoyed me because she played up that bad persona. But then when they had her like on CBS, when they when they were interviewing her, you know, she was all quiet and meek because she didn't have her brother hyping her up. So for her brother to talk all this shit now and, you know, he wants to act like he's the savior, you're a crappy older brother. Let's see, if nobody has told you, I'm going to tell you. You're a shitty older brother because as an older brother, you shouldn't have been exploiting your nine-year-old sister for clout to get her, you know, hyped up on social media. After a while, she was starting to get death threats. You know, she was dealing with a lot from social media that was not healthy for a nine-year-old child. And then you had dumbass Twitter and, and stupid ass Instagram. They won't verify real legit news people, but they'll verify little Tay. You know, so I, I, I just, I, I don't know how to take this. If she's being abused, I'm gonna let the courts handle it. If they call Child Protective Services, that's perfect. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm going to let Child Protective Services go through their investigation. But as far as the brother, you know, I see everybody trying to run now. And because their brother set up a GoFundMe, they said the GoFundMe is at like $11,000. I feel like this is just another point for them to get money because a little meal ticket, little Tay is gone now. And one thing I will say about her father, he did right as a parent. We ain't seen her online in almost three years. That's what a parent is supposed to do. When you see your child going down the right track, I mean, down the wrong track, you stop it dead in its tracks. So while the mother was getting rich off of Tay and her antics, the father shut it down. And I believe that's why the brother and the mother are mad. And this is another another harebrained scheme for them to basically get little Tay back so they can have her doing the same thing or to get some quick GoFundMe money. And of course, people ran to donate to their GoFundMe, which is their business. They do what they want to do with their money. But I'm just, I'm not buying what he's saying. I feel like he wants to exploit her and he's mad that somebody else is supposedly, you know, may have that option to do that. But I don't think the father wants to put her back on social media or exploit her. It's been three years. We haven't seen her. But I feel like if she is being abused, then that is for the police and the child protective services to do their job. So I'll wait for their report. I'm not buying nothing. The, the brother, the mother is saying. Um, is this Shanique? Oh, Shekana. Uh, R says, it's been a lot of murders with kids, even here in Charlotte and surrounding areas. It's disturbing and scary. My baby is seven. Thank you for the super chat. It is. I just heard a three-year-old got killed at his birthday party just yesterday. And the weekend before that, when I was in Florida, there was some type of drive-by that was done at a kid's birthday party. And um, several children were shot. So it's really disturbing all the stuff that's going on out here. It definitely is. Um, Kitty the Jackson says, Hey girl, happy to see that you're live sending you some love. Thank you so much. Thanks for the super chat, sis. Um, Mercy C sent 499. Thank you so much. Uh, Tracy's Outlook says, Thanks, T. I'm celebrating my birthday today. Enjoying this live, enjoying this live stream. Glad to be a tea sipper and a part of the Discord family. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate it. And happy birthday to you. So that's the second birthday that we've had today to, uh, during the stream. So I hope both of you guys have a really good birthday. But yeah, so that whole situation with Tay's family and the brother, I'm not really buying it. Like I said, I want for more information to come out because the way the brother was exploiting her, he to me, he's no better than the father. 
Let's see here. So now I want to talk about this last but not least. This situation that's going on with Tyrese, honey. So Tyrese is out here. He's dating this young girl. What is her name? I hadn't heard of her before. Zelly Timothy. So he's dating this girl, Zelly Timothy. She's 25 years old, pretty IG model. And I don't know if Tyrese is going through a midlife crisis. I don't know what's going on, but he just decided it would be a good idea to go live on his Instagram and shave this girl's coochie. I don't know who asked for this. I don't know why he thought this was okay, but he just decided to shave her damn coochie on, <laughs> on Instagram live. You can't make this shit up. Let me go ahead and uh, pull up the video here. Give me just a second. Tyrese is a hot mess, honey. Okay, y'all go ahead and watch this. I'll mix it with some oil. Okay. Focus. <laughs> okay. 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 Mm -hmm. Beautiful. No, it's beautiful. It's your man hands. I know we're supposed to be shaving, but I'm thinking about something else. Shaving. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Why are you sticking your tongue out? <laughs> um, I didn't even know I was doing that. Mm. <laughs> All right, let me come back on the screen. Child. Really, Tyrese? Really? Now, I'm going to say this. I don't think it's anything wrong with him shaving her. I mean, I guess if that's their thing. But why did it have to be on social media? I don't want to scroll through my feed and I see her legs kicked up. I'm like, hey, what are you about to do? Eat her out in front of us? Oh, no. No, I got my razor. Nobody asks for this, Tyrese. Like, what the hell? Like, I just feel like people would just be doing too much for social media attention and validation. He wants everybody to know he got him a little young girl. She's half his age. And he's shaving her cooch. I, I just, I don't understand it. It's just weird. It's a weird flex. You know, what they do in the privacy of their bedroom or bathroom, that is their business. But why he felt the need to do this on social media is, <laughs> it's the craziest thing. And one thing I will say, though, Tyrese has a very, very sexy speaking voice. He does, you know, but I just feel like it was just it was very intimate watching and listening that. Then he's licking his lips and I'm like, are they about to just after this have sex? Like, I'm, you know, like in front of us. Then he shut off the camera. So I don't know. Tyrese was just doing a lot. And I feel, you know, and that's the thing. Is he trying to make his ex-wife jealous? Because she ain't been gone, but maybe a few months. And now he on the Instagram shaving coochie hairs. What's that about, Tyrese? <laughs> the whole situation is a hot mess. 
Um, let's see here. Genuine Smile says, just got off work and I'm here. Finally caught another live. Love you, T. Love you, too. Thank you so much for the super chat. Thanks for coming through. Um, Andy Bella sent 10 says, YT deleted my super chats, but I saw esoterical things at DMX's funeral, like the reoccurrence of red and no one wore suits or dress or dressed up. And Con and the Kanye thing was just weird. Love you, T. Y'all subscribe and hit the like. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please hit the like button. We have close to 12,000 people in here watching. Thank y'all so much for joining me. Um, Outlander says, my boyfriend shaved me when I was pregnant. I couldn't see my downstairs. <laughs> like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But again, your boyfriend shaved you in the privacy of your home. He didn't say, hey, Facebook, look what we're about to do. He didn't jump on Instagram live, you know, so I don't think there's anything wrong per se with what he did. You know, I guess it can be romantic. I would just be nervous. You know what I'm saying? Somebody being down there with a razor, you know what I'm saying? But I guess if they, you know, whatever, as long as they're careful. But, um, you know, they're just filming and, and, you know, there's kids who watch Tyrese. Tyrese, ain't he a father of two little girls? Like, come on, sir. You're just doing the most. These celebs, honey. That's C-19 on Wednesday head. Anything to go viral. Um... TN noun CCHGC says Tyrese ain't gentle at all. Sis, you will wake up with bumps down there. Yeah, and that's what I kind of noticed. He was going so hard. He was just, he was acting like he was shaving his face, just <laughs> arm was going all hard and stuff. He was like this. I'm like, what kind of razor he got? That shit like she about to wake up with a few cuts down there. Be careful, sis. They was doing a whole lot. Those didn't seem like subtle, sensual moves. He was like, <laughs> he wasn't all sweet with it and slow. I don't know. It made me nervous, honey. It made me nervous. Had me clenching my cheeks like, oh, shit. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, Boomer says, can you talk about the viral video of Lizzo? Man, I posted that video, and of course, her fans got in their feelings. I don't, I don't got nothing to say about Lizzo. People are going to keep hyping her up, you know, Anytime you say something about her, oh, you're judging her. Oh, it's because she's fat. No, it has nothing to do with that. Okay. I don't like when I see what's the little skinny girl, uh, Corey Ray, in, in fucking bikini uh, thongs twerking, you know. But I, I didn't even care. I'm so used to seeing Lizzo twerking and shaking her ass. I didn't care about that. The thing that bothered me with the video was the dudes with the alcohol shaking it and then spraying it all over her butt. And then the same breath, people will cry about, you know, being seen as a piece of meat and not being respected. You know, so I, I wasn't feeling it. But again, to each your song, if you like the video and that's how you get down, hey, that's your business. I'm not knocking you. But if I see something that's viral and I don't like it, I'm just not feeling it. I don't care about her dancing and, and twerking and having fun. But, you know, the, the, the all them dudes around her spraying champagne, they had the champagne by their, you know, genital area. It just look like a bootleg gangbang. I'm going to keep it real. Look like a bootleg, it looked like a bootleg gangbang all around her, you know, with the champagne bottles, and they're supposed to and that's supposed to be representing y'all know what that's supposed to represent. Like, you know, but people on the internet they try and play crazy and everybody wants to be politically correct. Whatever, honey. Um, let's see here. Kai H sent 1999 says, and he had that same outfit on when he gave Jamie Foxx that Oscar on live. <laughs> Wait. So you mean, I didn't watch the Oscars yesterday, honey. So you mean tell me he shaved his girl's coochie with that outfit on and then had the nerve to do a live giving Jamie Foxx an uh, a Oscar award? Tyrese say shit. 
He's a straight up mess. Vanessa Williamson, 999 says, hey, auntie, what's your opinion on the Umar Johnson interview? I did get a chance to watch it, the full interview today on The Breakfast Club. I posted a snippet of it on um, Instagram. I don't want to play it because y'all know The Breakfast Club, they love to flag my shit. So I'm not going to play it. But I think he said a lot of real things. Uh, he said a lot about Joe Biden. He said a lot about that, um, the whole Asian, stop Asian hate, because that has been pushed through the Senate and it's, you know, now it's a new bill. And I kind of felt funny too when I seen that, that that got pushed through. But other bills that they have asked to push through that help black people, ignored, declined, not pushed through. So I think he made a lot of really good points um, from what I watched. It was something else he was talking about. You know, like the, he was talking about the colleges and stuff like that, too. Um, he's still, I guess, building FDMG, honey. I'm not holding my breath on the school. But he did make quite a good, few good points on the Breakfast Club, especially concerning Joe Biden and, you know, just a lot of the racism that's going on in America. Now, we, we differ, though, on that whole uh, Makai situation with Micaiah. We differ on that. So... And I, and, you know, I think him and DJ Envy kind of went back and forth a little bit, you know, but I think other than that, I think he made a lot of good points. But like I said, I can listen to anybody. I don't have to agree with everything they say, just like I don't expect people to agree with everything I say, but I can listen to anybody and I'll take the parts that I like and I, I agree with and the stuff that I don't, I just push it to this, you know, push it to the side and keep it moving. But I think he made a lot of good points. I think it was definitely a good interview. Um, it was needed, you know. People get tired of the same old song and dance. So every now and then you need somebody to come to a platform like the Breakfast Club and speak truth to power. And I think he did that. I think he did that. So thank you for that super chat. Uh, let's see here. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, Noma Zulu. Oh, okay. Okay. Noma Zulu. Okay. I can't pronounce it. I just have to go slow. Thank you so much for the super chat. Says, I learned more from you than my own big sister. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate the love that y'all show me here. It means a lot. Um, but yeah, I've been on here almost an hour and a half, probably longer than that. This has been a really, really good stream. Let me just make sure I talked about everything I wanted to talk about today. Make sure we hit on everything. Yes, we did. Yep, we hit on everything. So the stream goes by so fast when you're just talking about like real stuff and having real dialogue. So I appreciate everybody who came through. But yeah, I did. I enjoyed his interview. I thought it was a good interview. If y'all haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Um, you know, like I said, I've been saying for a while, they are trying to push this whole Asian hate thing where it's blacks versus Asians. They're trying to push this narrative and it's very disturbing that they're pushing that, you know? And I agree with him when he says that he feels like they want Asian people to kind of be in a majority with white people. Because we know, you know, this country is getting more and more mixed, a lot of interracial relationships and things like that. So I think, you know, what he was saying about that was very real, that they do want the Asian minority groups to kind of come over to the white side. And another thing I find very interesting and this is just what I've been talking about with people here in Minnesota, because the other cop that was involved in the George Floyd situation was an Asian man, right? 
that Asian man's sister was married to Derek Chauvin. So me and my homeboy was talking the other day that I wonder if there's going to be a sympathy card played for him because he's Asian with all the stuff that's going on with the Asian hate, you know, stop Asian hate. Are they going to make it now where everything was that white man's fault and I'm the Asian guy and I was just taking orders? I didn't know. So that's something I don't think a lot of people have really put two and two together with that. How he's going to use that whole Asian situation to possibly benefit him when he goes to trial. So just some food for thought. Just some food for thought. So on that note, you guys, I've been on here for an hour and 40 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and give it to log off and read these last two messages. Um, Von Zetta Reed says, hey, love your channel and shout outs to lovely Joe if you're in here. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for the super chat. You know, he's in here, honey. He's in here sipping slow. They all be. Uh, let's see here. Charity Williamson 10 says, hey, T, tomorrow's my birthday. I'll be turning 21. Love you. Keep slaying. Oh, that's awesome. Happy early birthday to you, and thank you so much for the support. Thank you for coming through. Shout out on my 21st birthday. We went to the club. We had so much fun. It's like, oh, you finally feel grown because now you don't have to go to the 18-plus clubs. It's like now you can go to the 21 and up. So, you know, have fun. You know, enjoy your 21st birthday and just enjoy your 20s. They go by very, very quickly. So that's one thing I will say. So on that note, you guys, thank you guys so much over close to 12,000 people here for spending the past hour and a half. Sorry about the issues with the previous stream, but this stream went well. So I will talk to you guys soon. You guys have a good day. Bye.